So Jesus, we thank you so much that you are working in each of our lives, God. I thank you so much for what you're doing. And God, I just pray that you'd help us become more of the people you want us to be and the leaders you want us to be. We love you so much, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to be talking about lids. Last week we talked about comfort zones. I guess it was two weeks ago, but we talked about comfort zones. We talked about the measure of a man, the measure of a woman, the measure of a leader, the measure of a person. And basically on this end you had what does it take to get you going, and on this end what does it take to stop you. And in between those two barriers is the measure of who you are. If it takes a whole lot to get you going and very little to stop you, you have some growing to do, right? But if it takes very little to get you going and a whole lot to stop you, you really have matured to uh, someplace significant. And the way that we expand those boundaries, we said was, do you guys remember the one word answer? Or the risk. Couple, yeah, risk was the main way. But specifically, we dealt with crushing. <laughs> Comfort zones, right? So in, inside here, in between these barriers, is what we call a comfort zone. It's comfortable. And as you take risks that aren't comfortable, you expand those further and further apart. So we talked about crushing comfort zones. That green pen is already not doing great. So today we're actually going to take a similar approach. It might sound a little redundant, but I promise you it's not. We're not talking so much about comfort zones. But rather, we're talking about lids, okay? Lids that prevent you from growing personally and lids that prevent you from growing as a leader. And as we look at those two different dynamics and dealing with lids in both areas, I think a fuller picture of your life purpose is going to come out. And supposing you know what your life purpose statement is, I think at the last retreat most of you got a chance to write that down. And it's not 100%, right? God's going to make that more clear over time. But whatever God's will is for your life, if you don't get what we're talking about today, you won't get there. Does that make sense? You're not going to achieve what God has for you. And so I think this is kind of critical. I think it's important. Just like last week's. I think a lot of these are very critical lessons as far as leadership and as far as accomplishing what you're on this earth to accomplish. So it will be super important. I want to start with the verse, though. Right? So Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. This kind of defines a lot of those lids, right? So let's read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. And I hope you all brought your Bible. I brought my phone. This is really the Bible I use for everything, though. It's the digital age. Every morning, my quiet time, I bust this out and I'm reading and looking at the pages. I do have a journal over the right I guess my 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 real Bible <laughs> quote unquote is falling apart too, so I feel weird every time I read it. Okay, could somebody please read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Uh, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Awesome. So what did you guys see in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2? Let me just read that again. 
and tell me what you think the lids are that are in this passage. So what are the lids that are described in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Okay, good. And the sin that so easily entangles. Okay, Nikki says that's a lid too. I think you're right. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Okay, so there are two different things here. We're talking about everything that hinders. Is that necessarily a sin? And what else are we talking about? The sin that entangles. And what do those keep you from in this passage? Well, not, that's not what they keep you from at all, though it could. Running the race marked out for us. Yeah, it keeps us from running the race that's marked out for us. And part of the strategy to not get tangled up here is to keep our eyes on Jesus, right? And instead of, and this will be a point later, instead of looking at what entangles you, <laughs> instead of looking at the hindrance, you look at your Savior, at Jesus. But we'll get there in a minute. But the bottom line is that as we think about lids, those are kind of the two categories that they fall into. Some are just flat out sin, right? Some are not sin. They're hindrances, right? Encumbrances, like the Cardinals. Well, I don't know. At times when they're in the World Series, when it approaches idolatry of sorts, it might venture into the sin that entangles arena. But I try to trust God to keep it in the everything that hinders arena. <laughs> World Series will be done soon. Okay, so not living up to who God made you to be and what he called you to do is sin. I think we need to realize that. Not running the race that's marked out for us is sin, right? Last week we talked about crushing comfort zones and broadening the measure of who you are as a leader. This week we're talking about dealing with those lids. So it might sound similar again, but it's really going to be significant and I think different. So personal lids... What are personal lids in your life? We're going to get to specifics in a minute. But basically, personal lids are lids that keep you from becoming who God made you to be. Does that make sense? It's pretty simple. They keep you from achieving your potential. Or, I guess I wrote on your notes, natural ability. That's probably not a great word. Maybe your natural God-given ability, right? It's not just Ben is super awesome, and so he has all this natural ability. But the reality is that God has made Ben with some unique qualities for a unique purpose. So let's kind of graph that here. Okay, I'm going to put natural ability down here. God-given ability. Okay, here's what you're born with at zero. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. So here's what you're born with. Not very much, right? When you were a little baby, you did not have very much natural ability. You could cry and poop and eat. That was about it. You couldn't do a whole lot. And here's your potential. This is what God created you to become. Does that make sense? Remember the parable of the talents? He's given you talents and gifts and abilities, time, talent, and treasure, and he expects you to develop those into what he's made you to be, right? And in between here is where you're at. I don't know where you're at, and I don't know where I'm at necessarily, right? But we're somewhere in there, right? I know I'm not everything God made me to be. I have 
achieved it all. I am not there yet, right? And neither are you, John, or Stephanie, right? We are not there yet, but we're somewhere in the middle on that, on that um, scale, right? We're somewhere in there. And I'm going to call this the horizontal area of growth, because really what's at stake here is you. Does that make sense? What's at stake here, for the most part, is you. It's whether or not you decide to manage your time. In the future, it might affect people other than yourself, like your family. But it's predominantly just going to affect your a small sphere of influence, and mainly yourself, right? So it's more horizontal. And we're going to get to more on the vertical sense in a minute. And that is what we would call the leadership. So things that show up in here are personal things. Let's say, let's say, I'm going to pick on some of these new. Let's say Dakota. Let's say Dakota, you're at a, let's say you're at a five. Okay, here's Dakota. And that main pen is not working. So I'm going to do new one. Okay, so Dakota is at a, <laughs> are not doing good, guys. That one looks good. That is good. All right. Okay. So here's Dakota. He is at a five. He's doing pretty good. I think most people take until they're 40 to get to five. Dakota is only 20. Yes. Okay, good. So Dakota's 20. He's already at a five. But whether he knows it or not, there's a gigantic lid right there. <laughs> Yeah, there it goes. And he might see it, he might not. But he's not going to get all that much further down here until that lid is gone. Does that make sense? What kind of things do you think would comprise these lids? We'll talk about some more in a minute. And I'm not looking for specific answers. Just what do you guys think? Hobbies. Hobbies. They could be, right? So hobbies. What else? Fear. A fear. It's a definite lid. What if you're constantly living in fear right here, Dakota? And you're never willing to take the next step out of fear. Maybe it's relational fear. Not willing to trust people. Not willing to relationally risk anything. Well, you're never going to find your family. You're never going to find a wife, right? You're, you're never going to. There are a lot of things that are not going to allow you to grow into your potential because you have that barrier. What was it, John? Women. Women? <laughs> Maybe. Well, that'd be bad boundaries to say that they're the lid. <laughs> but maybe. Um, the wrong, the wrong emphasis on the <laughs> would be a lid for sure. Yeah, the wrong prioritization. Yes, you women have your own lids. So you're not off the hook. So Nikki, what do you think would be some lids? Any personal lids? Distractions. Uh -huh. Distractions. Insecurities. Insecurities. Exactly. Those are huge, huh? So all these different lids that are right there, they're gonna. I mean. Dakota might be able to get going a little bit, but that lid is going to be there until it's dealt with. And insecurity doesn't just vanish overnight, it doesn't just disappear, right? Bad habits don't just happen to go away. These bad time management doesn't just all of a sudden vanish, it's gone. I mean, all of a sudden I'm really productive with my time. See, those lids can really prevent personal growth, okay? Now, on the horizontal scale, it sounds kind of mean, but the only one that loses is really you. <laughs> you know, maybe your future family. But the reality here is that you're not affecting a whole lot of people. Right? 
Does that make sense? When you were in high school, well, you might have bummed your parents out a little bit, but it's not like you had a corporation depending on you or a ministry depending on you or something to that effect. If you chose not to manage your time, there weren't massive consequences outside of your own life. You might have gotten disciplined, but that might be about as far as it would go, right? So that's on the personal arena of growth, okay? But now we're going to talk about the next one. We're going to talk about leadership. Now, I think this is important to talk about because, as far as I know, each of you wants to make a difference for Christ. How many of you guys would like to live an insignificant, unproductive Christian life, full of sin and regret, never accomplishing what you were created to accomplish? No? <laughs> okay, on a side note, that is where most of the Christians that you see are going to live most of their life. It's extremely sad. Statistically, most Christians are not going to make a difference for Christ in our country. In a country like China, statistically, most of those Christians are going to turn their world upside down, right? But in our country, a lot of Christians never get to a point. And I think it's because they're not dealing with different lids in their lives. And a lot of them aren't dealing with leadership lids or personal lids. They go hand in hand. And we'll talk about what happens when you deal with one but not the other in a minute. So let's do this Again, this is what you're born with, and this is your potential. How good of a leader were you, Brandon, when you were first born? Not a great leader. I mean, you could get people to do what you want, but probably not through good leadership skills, right? It was through annoying time and all that sort of stuff. So leadership growth is growing towards the leader that God's made you to be so that you can accomplish all that God has called you to accomplish, right? We'll call leadership lids vertical because they affect your effectiveness and contributions, and typically a lot of other people as well. By default, anybody that happens to be following you. Okay? So let's say over here you're leading a Bible study, right? And let's say, let's say you're, I think we have somebody new. Okay, let's say Nikki. Let's say Nikki's right over here. What is that? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, Nikki's at a five. Okay? And you want to grow in your leadership, okay? But you just keep not showing up for your own Bible study. A time management issue, let's say. And before you left, what's this noise? Okay, somebody's back in the next door. I thought it was going on the computer. Unless you think that's crazy, it's actually happened before. We've had students that we have to sit down with and say, you need to show up at your own Bible study. Okay? Now, some of you have led Bible studies and nobody shows up, and imagine the flip side of that, where 10, 15 people are showing up every week, and week after week, the leader's not there. And, okay, well, if that was you, Nikki, and I know it's not, but if it was, until you deal with that, your leadership is on hold. Does that make sense? Until you learn that time management, or whatever it is you need to learn to actually show up at your own Bible study commitment, who knows, you're not going to grow any further. And there are other people, right now your influence on others is being minimized because of that leadership weakness. Does that make sense? That leadership lid. It's keeping you from becoming who God made you to be and from accomplishing what he wants you to accomplish. There are a lot of different leadership lids that can prevent leadership growth. Can you guys think of any? Having wrong motives. Wrong motives, absolutely. Yeah. It's a huge lid. Okay, what else? Pride. Pride? Yeah. 
Pride we'll talk about in a minute. That's probably the biggest barrier to dealing with your lids. Because <laughs> pride wants to pretend that's not there, you know? Pride wants to say it's somebody else's fault. So that's huge. That's, that's a lid, but it's like the lid of all lids. <laughs> it's massive. Okay, what else? challenge the people that are following him to walk in integrity. Does that make sense? Because he's not doing it. You can't teach what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Alright, so that's that's a ministry way. So you guys see kind of how these two are coming together? They're each one-dimensional and you could compartmentalize them if you wanted. I'm going to use that word twice a day. Okay, so they're each one-dimensional in themselves. You could think of your life as being all personal, and then on a side, on a different, in a different time and place, you could think about your ministry and leadership growth, right? You could think of the two almost as being two different animals, but the reality is they both affect this whole area, which is your, let me put this up here, and if you're following, you should do this too, there is a diagram on the bottom of your paper that has some of this. That's your life effectiveness, right? Okay, together, that's what they're going to make up. Now here's why together, this is so important. Um, actually, we're going to get there in a minute. We're going to get there in a minute. Don't leave on your notes. First of all, let's take some time before we go on to think about some different lids. And I have some listed here. I, these are not all of them. This is not comprehensive. These are a few that come to mind. And I'm going to read through them. You have a checklist. So on your own, you could check anything that comes to mind, or you could write down others that come to mind below that. So a few lids that come to mind are not being fully surrendered to Christ. You could call that sin. But we all have areas that are not fully surrendered to Christ. right? Maybe it has to deal with incorrect motives. I want to lead so I can get recognized, so I can get thought well of or whatever, right? So different areas that we're not fully surrendered to Christ in, areas of sin, compartmentalized obedience, I put it. It's saying I'm going to be obedient to God in X, Y, and Z, but don't mention this other area, you know? I'm going to choose almost to leave that area outside of God's control. And there are areas like that that all of us can do. And it, I'm not just talking about big, gross sins, right? I'm not just saying, like, porn is that area. I'm thinking of other areas, like, how do I manage my money? Do I tithe, right? Do I tithe when I get paid? Some of you don't get paid very often, so maybe it's not a big issue. But, you know, we, somebody gave us $100 in the mail the other day. It was pretty sweet. And uh, it was 100 bucks in cash. And, well, right out of that, just... It was a gift. It wasn't part of my paycheck, but you bet I'm going to tie it out of that, right? So think, maybe you get 20 bucks from somebody. It seems crazy to tie it. Two bucks, but think about those compartmentalized areas of obedience, even as college students. Maybe it's time management. I like not being structured with my time or whatever. Okay, compartmentalized obedience. Think about your life. Character deficiencies. Remember all those leadership characteristics that we talked about week one in the leadership acronym? 
If you have those notes, go back and look. There are all the different characteristics that make a leader a leader. And there are, I think, over 100 or something like that. There are a lot of those, or maybe over 40. A lot of different characteristics. But think about character deficiencies, issues from your past. All of us have issues from our past that, until they're dealt with, they're kind of just sitting there, right? And they're going to be a lid of sorts until we actually deal with those things. And, I mean, just statistically, everybody in this room has something in their past. You know? And until you get with God and say, God, I'm willing to deal with this issue, and sometimes that's going to be hard, right? It's going to be difficult to pull that stuff up and let God deal with it the right way. But some of those issues from your past could stop you from becoming who God made you to be and accomplishing what he called you to accomplish. Incorrect expectations. Gosh, God's going to, I'm going to lead a Bible study and 20 people are going to be there every week. It's going to be sick. And then nobody shows up, right? Well, my expectation was incorrect. And that's going to become a lid to my ministry growth, or to my leadership growth. Okay? What about physical health? I missed that one. Right? I know some people that definitely want to serve God, but they don't take care of themselves. And don't have the energy or capacity to do what God calls them to. There are a lot of people that have to come off the mission field because of physical issues. And I'm not talking about things that lie outside of their control. I'm not talking about like sicknesses that they don't have control over, right? If you do get a sickness, trust God is going to be glorified through that, you know, and do your best not to get sick. But your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.19 say that. And so your physical health is important, and it could be a barrier in huge ways to what God wants to do with your life. So be careful with your, with your health. Bad habits, wrong desires, right? Matthew 13, 7 and 22, it's the parable of the sower, and it talks about the weeds that choke out God's word, right? And it calls those weeds literally the cares of this world, the desire for riches, things like that. In 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4, Paul says that a good soldier, and he's challenging Timothy to live like this, he says he doesn't get entangled in civilian affairs. Isn't that interesting? He, but he wants to please his commanding officer. Again, we're talking about things that entangle. And Paul's saying there are all sorts of things going on around you. Don't get wrapped up in it. Don't get tangled up in it. Stay focused on the mission like a soldier would. The soldier's not going to you know, drop on the ground and think, oh, this looks like a great opportunity for photography, right? I'm going to go take some pictures here. Is Ann here? Good. Ann's a good photographer, and she uses it for God's glory. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I thought, better not use that analogy. But anyway, that soldier is going for the battle, right? He's not getting distracted or entangled by different things that are going on, right? Neither should we. So watch our desires. Don't get entangled in whatever is going on around you. Civilian affairs. Personality traits. Now, I'm going to share a personal example of mine here. And if you guys ever see this in me, talk to me, because I want God to change me. I, I was born real type A, yoga, let's do it. My mom is kind of like that, and I think I inherited a lot of that from her. All that is stuff that God could use for his glory, and, um, and, and it's part of how he made me, and I want to use it for his glory, right? And so when I first came on staff, I just going for it, going for it, let's run, 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 as hard as I can, and I kind of, now in retrospect, I can't miss it, I see what I was doing, but at the time it was, I had no idea, and Russ sat me down, my second year on staff, and he said, Nate, you 
have a big issue that you probably don't even know you have. <laughs> so, wait, what? And he goes, yep, because a lot of leaders have this. And what happens is they're just such strong leaders and they just want to go so hard that they just crush people. And people are just like bulldozed underneath them. And they don't want to crush people, but they just do it because they're just going so hard after the goal. And, and uh, he told me, you're kind of doing that. <laughs> I didn't like to hear that. It's not fun to hear that kind of stuff, right? kind of hurts, but I could never have found that on my own probably unless Russ brought it up to me. And uh, Russ did it lovingly and encouraged me. And uh, he actually encouraged me that there were a couple people I needed to apologize to. And I had not intentionally tried to hurt them. It's just my personality was real overbearing and strong. And it just went, just bulldozed right over them. And it was a couple real sweet, sensitive girls in our group, right? So they're kind of the opposite of my personality trait, and it was really easy for me just to not even care. And a lot of times it would come out like, um, I remember one example, one of these girls was just really getting a lot out of the Old Testament, right? And she's just like, the Old Testament is so sweet. I've been reading the Old Testament for months, you know, and I'm loving it. And, well, instead of saying, man, it's so cool that God's teaching you, I just said, well, you should be in the New Testament too, because you're not getting everything. And I just like made a comment like that, and it really hurt her. And in retrospect, I think, what kind of an idiot are you being? Like, you know, I can't teach her out of his word. The Holy Spirit's not in her to direct her and to, to speak to her, right? But I just said these comments, and I did these things that came across the wrong way to people. It was a personality trait. It wasn't, it wasn't a sin. I wasn't like trying to be a jerk. I wasn't trying to hurt people. But it was just a personality issue, and I didn't see it. And it took somebody else telling me. We're going to get there in a minute about diagnosing your lids. But I wanted to give you an example of a personality trait that was hampering my leadership growth as I didn't trust God with it, and I needed it to come out. Okay, so if you ever see me getting that way, call me out on it. Let me know. Personality traits, relational issues. You might say, oh, I'm an extrovert, or oh, I'm an introvert. And if you're an introvert, you might think, I can't do ministry because I'm an introvert. Well, no, God's called you to do ministry. So look at relational issues. Maybe there are other ones you don't want to trust. Who knows? Fears are huge. Lack of balance. We talked about balance two weeks ago, I guess. Right? Lack of balance, being imbalanced in your walk with God, relationships with others, wisdom, stature, those key areas. Lacking vision and purpose. What if your purpose for your life is to make sure you pay your bills and die happy? be pretty minimal purpose. What if that's your purpose? And some people are aiming a lot lower than even that. If that's your purpose, guys, your growth is going to be gone until you get rid of that way and realize what God's purpose for your life is. Okay, lack of goals. The negative side of your gifts. Okay, you guys did the spiritual gift survey. Think about what your gifts were. One of mine is, um, okay, well, one of mine, my main gift, my main gift, when I do these, it's leadership. You can see in that character trait was a negative side of that, right? Does that make sense? That was one. Another gift I have is a prophecy and speaking the truth boldly. The negative side of that is a critical attitude. That's a huge problem for me, right? And so look at your gift and think about the negative side of that gift, right? Because that might be a lid. The negative side of that gift might be a lid, right? Or the weak side of that gift might be a lid that you need to trust God with. Insufficient knowledge and training is a big lid. You just don't know. Like you just haven't been taught. 
I want to go share my faith, but I just have never been taught. This happened to Erin growing up in church. Week after week, week after week, she always says that they would say, as soon as you leave these doors, that's your mission field, you know. And she would every week wonder, well, how do I reach the mission field outside those doors? I want to, but I don't know how to. And nobody was ever sitting down there teaching her how do you share your faith. They'd say, go do it, but nobody teach her how. So she had insufficient knowledge and training, and it was limiting her ministry. It was limiting her growth in both personal areas and ministry areas, right? Okay, lack of, ex that's why cross-training is so important, <laughs> as a side note. What we do here is going to equip you with training to make a difference for Christ for the rest of your life, guys, not just on this campus. Okay, lack of experience could be a lid. Maybe I've been taught how to share my faith, but I've never done it. <laughs> okay, well that's a lid, so get out and do it, right? And, and you'll have some experience. Bad time management, inadequate resources. I just don't have any money. I'm flat broke. I can't even, I can't even get gas to get to campus. Well, that would be a bit. It's preventing you from, from ministry and from becoming who God has called you to be. And it's important to be a good steward and make that happen. Okay, there's a section for you to write others down. You might think of others in your personal life. You don't have to do that now. But I would ask you, and we're going to get to diagnosing with in a minute, I'd ask you to pray and ask God to reveal to you personal lids and ministry lids that are preventing you from taking the next step that he wants you to take, right? Because that's what we want to do, is we want to take that next step. All right, so effectively accomplishing your life purpose in the Great Commission requires breaking through those lids. So each of these is one-dimensional, right? Put together, they're two-dimensional. And it goes kind of like this. And this part comes from Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, where he talks about the law of the lid. And it's a very important law, so we don't miss it. Let's say you're at this five, Dakota. We used Dakota a minute ago. Okay, so let's say Dakota's at that five. Now, let's say on this side, though, he's zero on leadership. You've never taken a step of leadership. You've never grown in leadership. You've never done leadership training. You really are a ground zero leader. Okay, you're right here. So your growth, or your, let's say you're like one, you're really low on the leadership scale, all right, because you've never dealt with those lids. You're your total um, kind of effectiveness for Christ is what? If you were to put it into a percent of this whole chart, this whole chart is 100%, right? What's this right here going to be? 5%. 5%, right? So if you're at a 5 and you're not dealing with any leadership as far as all that God has for you, you're not going to grow that far, right? Let's say you put all of your time into going from a 5 to, let's say, an 8 over here. So let's say you get over to here. You're up at an 8. Okay, now what percent of your life effectiveness are you having? 8. You didn't make that big of a jump, right? That, I mean, it was a good jump, but it's, it's not making a huge difference. You're a much better person, but you're still not influencing a whole lot of other people for God, right? Whereas what if you were to just take your leadership from like a 1 to a 3? Now you got this whole section. Now what is it? 24. Did you see that? Just doing a little bit of leadership development here just maximized your effectiveness for Christ um, real quickly. Does that make sense? Because you, you took off some lids that were keeping you from multiplying out. See, over here you're trying to deal with lids that kept you personally low, but you weren't dealing with anything that helped you multiplying 
further in accomplishing the rest of God's will for your life. Does that make sense? A little bit to visualize it like this? Obviously, they go hand in hand. And it's not like God says it's either personal or leadership. Right? They go hand in hand, and the Holy Spirit is involved in all this, and we'll close with that awesome reality. But as you think about this, you want to be growing in both areas. Now, if you want to accomplish all that God has for you, what would you like to do? You'd like to grow in both areas as far as 10 year and a 10 year, boom, you're reaching 100% of the potential that God's made you to reach and, and what he's called you to accomplish. Does that make sense? You are being diligent, and we'll close with some challenges from Scripture to be diligent and to grow in these areas. You're doing that, and you're actually having the effect, and you're having the life effectiveness that God has made you for as you deal with those lids, whether they're in personal areas or leadership areas or both. And a lot of the lids are the same, right? A lot of personality issues are going to be here and here. When you deal with one, you're getting both. Does that make sense? But there are specific leadership lids that we have got to deal with if we want to make an impact for Christ that are unique to leadership. There are things in leadership that you cannot deal with on a personal level. I mean, you have to deal with them on a personal level, I should say, but they won't surface simply on that personal level. When you lead a Bible study, you deal with insecurities you never thought of before, right? All of a sudden, things are coming up you never imagined. Right? See, as you're taking these steps of leadership, you're finding out lids about leadership you never knew existed. Does that make sense? And then when you deal with those lids, you can actually start to see massive increases in personal growth and in accomplishing what God has called you to. Think about it this way. This personal God-given ability, that ability minus leadership equals what? Godly person that's ever stepped foot on this campus. That'd be awesome. Okay, and this kind of this kind of falls apart because if you were the most godly person that ever stepped foot, you'd be a ten on here too, right? Because God doesn't work in a vacuum. He doesn't. You're, he's always calling us to expand outward, right? To be outward focused. But if you were personally full of integrity and all these godly characteristics, yet you weren't taking these steps outward. You're never going to accomplish. I don't care how mature you are. I don't care. It's like the person that has the whole Bible memorized, but they've never talked to their neighbor about Christ, right? And so if we want to make an impact for Christ, we have to have that ability from God. That's a cool why. Plus leadership. Right? Plus leadership. And what does that create? Effectiveness. No waste, or minimal waste, right? Effectiveness. So you want to be growing on both. So today is a challenge, really, and there's even a third dynamic to it. So now we have the two-dimensional box, but we're going to get the third dimension in here. And I think it's going to give a picture of your life really good, right, as you think about it. So that is kind of the idea. Ability plus leadership equals effectiveness. And as we keep increasing up here, and this is pretty easy. Let's say you've spent your whole life growing closer to God, which is good, but you've never even thought a second about leadership, right? Well, you can grow real fast up this scale in a, in a short matter of time by getting the right resources and being committed to training 
and you're going to see a dramatic maximization of your potential that God created you with simply by learning in an area that you haven't focused in much before. So I think this is important. That's this class, that's why we're doing this, literally, is to help with this area. And we're going to put this into a discipleship packet so that when you're discipling the next generation of leaders, they can do this as well. And I hope that it will really maximize their personal ministries. All right. So how to diagnose your lids. Because we all want to see our lids. I hope we all want to see them. Sometimes this is difficult because you don't know what you don't know. Have you ever heard that before? You don't know what you don't know? It's really true. You don't know what you don't know, and it's it's a reality. So it's just like me when Russ sat down and told me, "Hey, do you know this thing?" <laughs> it was like it was the same as if Russ would have told me, "I don't know. You got a million dollars in the bank?" I said, "I have no clue. What are you talking about?" Right? I, I was oblivious. I had not a clue about it. You don't know what you don't know. Other times, you know well, way too well, right? You know very well, all too well, what your weaknesses are, what your lids are. So if you know all too well what your lids are, then we're going to talk about how to break through those lids. And if you don't, follow some of these steps to help diagnose what those lids are. I think you guys have all these steps, right? Okay, practically, ask God to reveal them to you. Remember James 1.5? says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask and he'll give it to you. So I think James 1, 5 is important. Psalm 19, 12, David says, forgive me for my forgotten sins. Remember that? Psalm 19, 12. So we have these areas that we don't even know about. David was praying about those, saying, forgive me for those, God. Well, they're there. Ask God to reveal them to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of sin and show you where that sin is, and to, to bring it to your attention, right? Or where those lids are, what's preventing your growth. I promise you, if you start making that a daily desire to know where you're needing to grow, where you're weak, God is going to start revealing that to you. Now here's a hard one. Ask others. Okay? So ask somebody you trust, where do I need to grow? What are some weaknesses you see in my life? And at the end of this, we're going to do this 360 in here, and we'll talk about that in a while, but we'll find that out, okay? So the 360 is where you're going to send a survey to somebody that's a leader over you, some of your peers, and then somebody that you're leading, and it's all confidential, but they'll talk all about your weaknesses. <laughs> but it gives a real good picture of areas that you've grown in, right? And it's <laughs> like, I'm skipping that week. <laughs> I will hunt you down. Okay? But ask some people. Ask others where they think you need to grow. It's hard. I've done this many, many times, and I always kind of cringe, and it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Because just saying that is a really humble thing to say, and I think people aren't going, heck yeah, man, I'm going to crush you into the ground now, right? I think when you say that, people want to be, to help you grow, but they don't want to do it in a bad way. Don't turn around and turn on them with all their junk at it, unless they ask, you know. Listen to criticism. You guys are going to get criticized for different things, and listen to it. I'll tell you one example of myself. I always want to be, um, to set the pace and be vulnerable with you guys. Last time we debated the atheists on evolution, I was, I was so mad at this, this one guy that we were debating. He was the president of the atheist club on campus and all that. And I don't think he'd be watching, but he, he listens to some of our stuff. And we're good friends. I love him a ton. 
He's a great guy, and I learned a lot from this debate. But anyway, a few things that he was saying I thought were scientifically dishonest. Right? One example was he was talking about a shrimp population that got separated by an underwater earthquake, and they changed colors. One was blue, one was red. You know, he's using that as an example of, of observable evolution. And I, I interrupted him in the middle of him talking in front of over 100 people, and I said, your hair is brown, my hair is red, we're both still humans, right? I, and that's very true. There's no evolution that happened. It's just natural selection preserved the red versus the blue in different environments because they were better suited to those environments, right? For whatever reason. They were still shrimp, <laughs> right? And so I knew scientifically that doesn't fly. The audience did not know that, and I was freaking out inside, like, everybody's going to think this is evidence for evolution. So I jumped in and I just said that, and I interrupted him. I interrupted him about three times that night, okay, at different points. And um, I thought it was, I'm making good points, and you're darn right, I'm going to put him in his place. You know, that's how I felt. Afterwards, this lady comes up to me, and she'd been at several of our debates, and she was from town, she wasn't a college student, and she said, You're really brilliant. I'm like, Thank you. You know, and you have all these great answers, and I'm like, thank you. And then she goes, but when you interrupt people, you come across as a jerk, and it makes me not want to listen to you at all. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> right? It was hard to hear that, right? It was real hard to hear. I've been making an influence in this woman's life, but my own personal negative issue was um, not working. So when people criticize you like that, you know, I didn't say, well, you're a jerk too, lady. <laughs> you know, I didn't say that. I went home that night and started begging God, please change that, you know? And now when I'm in situations like that, I'm like, I'm like dying because I want to jump in and I, I do everything I can to wait. In the abortion debate we had with Stephanie a couple years ago, I don't think I interrupted at all that night. Oh, I sure. I was just like, <laughs> like dying, you know? But learn from those criticisms. When people criticize you, even if it's unright or unkind, try to learn from it and let God teach you. Okay, learn from your failures. You guys have heard statements like fail forward and fail harder and things like that. Put it into practice, really do it. When you fail, don't just think, oh, failure. But learn from it and grow, because you, you will. Learn from your successes. Learn from your successes as well, right? Evaluate yourself and ask God to really shine his light. Introspection and hard questions are important, guys. They're not fun, but they are important as far as these lids go. So evaluate yourself. Okay, finally, how to break through your lids, right? Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, remember we started with this passage. It says, what, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, and sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You guys, if you want to deal with these barriers, your eyes have to be on Jesus. Because if your eyes are on him, he's going to illuminate these things. He's not passively involved in your leadership development. He's actively involved. He is making you who he wants you to be. It's not you that's making yourself. It's him. And he's going to show you these lids because your eyes are on him. But if your eyes get on the lid, you're going to be blind. right? Just, just picture yourself running in a race. right? And you got some water balloons you know, wrapped around your feet or whatever. You know what I mean? Something that's weighing you down. And just imagine, what would it be if you just sat there and looked at it the whole race versus just looking at the goal and going for it regardless of that issue? Our eyes have to be on Jesus, allowing him to deal with those issues, guys. 
How to break through your lids. Number two, confess sin. First John 1 John 1.9 talks about confessing that sin. And this isn't just so that, I don't know, I think sometimes we think so minimally of God's word. God's word is so full. We confess our sin and he restores fellowship with himself and we grow. But it doesn't just end there. He also does a big change in our heart. I know when I confess sin, my intimacy with God goes through the roof because I realize how much he's done for me. But beyond that, guys, the more you confess something, the more you realize it's an issue. You start to see different areas, different lids that God needs to deal with more than just in a circumstantial way. Right? This is a big issue, not just a once-in-a-while issue. So confess sin. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? We need to get our thinking transformed with God's word. Garbage in, garbage out. You guys have heard it, and it's true. Same thing as truth in, truth out, right? If we can get God's word in ourselves, he's going to start to transform us from inside out, including those lids. They're going to start to get eliminated as we get his word in our lives. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17, walking. I should say 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walking by faith in his word, right, will help us eliminate those lids. You guys should change that to 5, 7. 17, coincidentally, is that each of us is a new creation in Christ, which has a lot to do with dealing with it, so both are pertinent, I think. All right, spend more time in fellowship. Your issues will surface. They will. The more you're, and get married. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, seriously, you'll find all sorts of issues coming out in marriage that you never knew you had. And you'll find them coming out a lot, and you'll realize part of why God designed marriage to be so awesome. It's a discipleship. It really is. All right, you guys, so walk by faith. Spend more time in fellowship. 1 John 1, 5 through 7 talks about walking in the light just like he is and having fellowship with each other. And when we're in fellowship with each other, things come out, guys. All sorts of stuff does. So get in fellowship. Have you heard this analogy that you can, you know, if you're trying to be crucified daily, take up your cross daily, you could say, kneel one hand in the cross, you can maybe nail your feet into the cross, but you're going to have a hand dangling, and you're going to need somebody around you to nail that into the cross, right? It's kind of a cheesy analogy, but the reality is true, that the body of Christ around you is going to bring you to this place of full surrender to Christ, where those issues are being brought up, and you're seeing them and allowing God to deal with them. It's not going to happen alone. Okay? Accountability is key. James 5.16, confess your sins to each other. So confess them to God first, but then also having accountability partners that you can confess that stuff to, it's going to help eliminate those lids. It really will. Okay, spend more time in the action. If you want to get rid of your lids, get in the fight. Okay, it's just like in battle. The second you get in that battle, a lot of that stuff is going to evaporate. Right, James 1.22, we all know that. The doers that we're not here is only deceiving yourselves. And then 1 John 3.18 says, let us love with actions and in truth, not just with you know, words and in speech. Okay? Again, take risks. Again, set goals. And of course, you have got to do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's got to be the one doing it in you. And just a note, the Spirit-filled life, by nature, is a life that eliminates lids. Again, God is in charge of your growth. If you're consciously, daily walking in His power, consciously, daily in fellowship with Him, those lids are going to be evaporated. Alright, so working through your lids over time has amazing results. So time is the last dynamic here, okay? So here is your leadership. Going this way. And here is your 
God-given ability and talent? Going this way, right? Now, your life purpose and all that God has called you to, you could look at it with time being this other dimension, okay? And as you maximize who God's made you to be here, it's maximizing it all the way. Does that make sense? And you're getting... How do you like that art? Alright, does that make sense? You can think of this whole cube as what God has called you to. And until you grow in these two areas over time, you're only filling up so much of it. Does that make sense? And God's will is that you fill it all up, becoming who he called you to be in both personal areas and leadership areas, and doing it over the long haul, right? Perse persevering for the long run and doing it until someday over here, you're dead, and you can look back and think, man, this is that life that I lived for Christ, and I accomplished what he had called me to accomplish, right? Now, with that picture in mind, remember Cloud and Townsend say, Growth is, you remember this? No, we shared it. We have it right there. Grace and time. No. Grace. Grace plus truth. Over time, right? Remember 2 Peter 3 tells you to, that God is patient with us. Over, right? over, over time. Over, over. Until you're over. Totally. All right. 2 Peter 3 tells us God is patient with us. So I would encourage you to be patient with yourself, too. Follow his example. Because you're not going to be the full measure of who God's made you be and how he's made you to lead overnight. It's going to take diligence over time, being patient and allowing him to work in both those key areas over time to make you who you want, or who he wants you to be. All right, so deal with the personal lids and leadership lids that you have in your life patiently over time in the power of the Holy Spirit and you will accomplish your life purpose, right? Remember your weaknesses, inadequacies, and failures present no challenge to God's will for your life, your willingness, however it does. Okay, now let's close with just a couple scriptures here that I think are relevant. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So the big point here is, you're called to do your best. You're called to be actively co-laboring with Christ in this process. First Corinthians 3.9 talks about laboring alongside him or co-laboring with him. Right, so do your best, guys, to deal with these lids on both areas in your personal growth. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So as far as dealing with these lids... And accomplishing what he's called you to, you're thoroughly equipped, right? You're not insufficiently or inadequately equipped. You're thoroughly equipped. 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16, I just summarized kind of the main points of that passage. We all love that passage about leadership, right? Set an example. Devote yourself. Do not neglect your gift. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. Watch your life and doctrine closely and persevere in them. Isn't that good? Right? So all those things contribute to this 
process of growth over time, becoming the people and the leaders that God's called us to be. Now finally, and I, I put this last because I really want us to walk away with this as firm as can be. And this is the last verse that we're going to read, or passage that we're going to read. 2 Peter 1, 3-9. through 9. Go ahead and turn there. sufficiently equipped. You're thoroughly equipped. So what are you lacking here? It says he's given you what? Everything you need. He's given it to you. He's given you his word. He's given you his Holy Spirit. Now you are adequately equipped. And he's given you everything you need. But you still have a role, right? What's your first role? He's already given you everything you need. What do you need to do? What? Share it. Okay, share it. But as far as personal growth, you need it. I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is quit preventing that growth. Does that make sense? Like, I'm the one sticking the lids up. <laughs> or allowing the lids to be there. It's not a matter of you know, getting the right tools to get rid of the lids, but simply drawing near to God and letting him do what he needs to do. Okay, continue reading, because it goes into that, Dakota, through verse 9. Um, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world, in the world causes of, by evil do desires. Keep on. Yeah, till verse 9. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brother, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and un unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten he has been cleansed from his past sins. So, you guys, even though he's given us everything we need for life and godliness, for our personal and leadership growth, for accomplishing all he's put us here to accomplish, I keep co-laboring with him step by step through that process, allowing him to do what he wants to do. Right? Okay, so that'd be my encouragement, and I hope all of us in here, like I started with saying, I hope you all want to know your lids. I hope we all can see those lids in our personal life and in our ministry and let God deal with them and, and actually be diligent with them like Paul challenges Timothy and to, to do our best to surrender those to God so that we can become who he wants us to be. Let's close with prayer. Nikki? Okay. Let's go. We are singing that we should just um, all come here this week, God, and I pray that you will just 
um, help us to break down our lids, God, break through our lids, and uh, that we can just grow in effectiveness for you, God, and that we will just grow in um, our ability, God, and our leadership roles, and that you will just show us how to do that in our lives to speak and throughout the rest of our lives, God, that we can just um, reach that potential, God, that you have set for us in our life, and uh, I just pray that you'll just help us to fellowship with each other and um, help each other grow this week, God, just reach out to everyone that is in our lives. Amen.